Hey, what's up, guys? Today, Dave and I discuss some of the mechanisms that can cause bloating on Anivar. Yeah, even real Anivar. After that, we have a bunch of listener questions. Can you maintain a super physiological level of mass after you've come off everything? Two weeks on with Anivar, is there going to be any benefit to a cycle like that at all? Oh, somebody asked about my home gym. So mid-show, we stopped to do a video tour. Of course, uh, Dave gives me some crap about that. Uh, We've got a bunch more. And listen, guys, if you're tuning in here looking for the audio podcast, uh, unfortunately, we had to start a new RSS feed. So look for Think Big Bodybuilding. That will be on iTunes soon. It's available on SoundCloud and it's available on Spotify. All right, guys, let's get to the program. Last week, we had that topic, that question that came up. I told you guys I'd get more information. And that was Anivar. Uh, causing bloating, even when it's good Anivar, especially in females. Remember that one? I do. Okay. So here's the deal. Sometimes uh, Anivar can cause bloating in a female. It has nothing to do with estrogen. Uh, I mean, it could have to do with estrogen. We'll get to that. Uh, I couldn't remember offhand because my brain had been foggy. So I said, I'll hit up Victoria. We'll talk about it a little bit. So I took a few notes on that. You know, all the time, man, people are like, Anivar is so fake or whatever. You know, it's often faked. And sure, that is the number one thing. You got to make sure you get real Anivar. Um, but here we go. So there's different processes. All these different processes uh, could potentially cause an issue. Uh, and as far as that goes, some of them, some people may have some of these issues. Some people may have others. Other people may have a combination of these various issues. So uh, let's see. Uh, Different people may have different issues. I wrote that down. So orals are all bound to different ingredients, such as gluten. You've seen it before, especially like if you look at thyroid hormone. Uh, Thyroid hormone, uh, like the armor brand thyroid, may have one effect in a person that needs it. Then they go to the generic and they have a completely different response. Have you ever had that with different generics or different brand medications? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. Um, well, you, you see a, a, a little bit of a similar instance in, in human growth hormone with how many chains are in the, uh, how many aminos are in the chain. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, it, and that's, I think, kind of different because the structure of the drug is different. But just how it's bound can even make a difference, you know. Like, mm-hmm. well, the bind, yeah, the binding agents, the filling agents, all have an impact if you've got some form of intolerance to the type of filler or binder that they've used. So that's one little factor. Another factor uh, that it is potential. Um, another little factor is that androgens will change your electrolyte balance. So that's going to be true with everyone, men, women alike. Um, from what I've seen, it increases uh, sodium retention. Uh, that can make a change, and that in itself could cause fluid. And like I said, uh, the results of your bloating could be one of these factors. It could be a combination of these factors. And I should go further. This isn't just limited to females and Anivar. This is really you know anyone, uh, and in some cases on injectables too. Uh, decreased glucose tolerance, insulin resistance. It's another potential factor as to why you could get bloating. But then here was what I thought was one of the bigger one, uh, gallbladder dysfunction from increased bilirubin. So that is a potential thing that you could mm-hmm. get. Um, and this is common to happen with high androgens. Um, the bile breaks down fats and steroids are also fats. It, you could possibly change Issues could happen with your digestion and issues could happen with the metabolism of fat-based hormones. So I've seen, and then I've seen women that have already had uh, issues digesting fats or gallbladder issues, uh, liver issues, (coughs) and then these things get pushed further. Um, General detoxification dysfunction, I don't have any notes on that one. Uh, And then another thing, and this is probably a big factor, is just your hormonal equilibrium. And if you think about it, a woman has their monthly cycle. Uh, Victoria would probably argue that I shouldn't say monthly because some of them are three weeks. Some of them are all over the place. Uh, But there is a cycle. And whether you have a period or not, you do have hormonal fluctuation. And as you can see, Mm -hmm. you know, during different times of that cycle, 
you're going to have different levels of fluid retention. Add in an anabolic steroid, you're really changing things up. You know what I mean? Um, that's about all I had. I think I had one more on this. Uh, oh, that uh, digestion uh, can be slowed, of course, due to a lot of these factors above. Uh, that can be a factor for bloating. And then we got to remember, too, that uh, depending on where your hormones are, the uterus can actually change size. There can become more blood flow and it can actually expand. It can contract. And so you could be in a position where your uterus is actually more swollen. There's more blood flow going to your organs than there had been before. And so you could have a combination of any of these factors and then feel more bloated. I think it's good. I, I'm going to go with that. I don't know about you, Dave. No, yeah, I, I, I bow to Victoria's superior knowledge when it comes <laughs> to the females and, and steroids every time. So I have no, it all makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, I'm basically just reading off a sheet here. We're not even really doing a podcast. You know what I mean? Like that. That's normal, isn't it, for us? Really? Pretty much. <laughs> we've been, we've been winging and bullshitting this for over a year, and we're still getting away with it. So just shush and carry on, dude. We're doing this for way longer than a year now. You realize that, right? Oh fuck! Yeah. Listen, we've been recording this show for like two years. Somehow, it's just bodybuilding is only one episode behind us. How how is that? They just started a year ago. We've been doing this way longer. Dave, David. Well, that's because you keep getting ill and missing podcasts. Ooh, oh, yeah. And then you got sick. I forgot about all that. <laughs> oh, I was only out for a week. <laughs> Were you a week? Or three? No, I don't know how long I was. You were gone for like a month. a month. I think it was about a month. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, we have a bunch of listener I'm, questions. Oh, please. I'm amazed we've lasted this long, mate. I really am. It's just because we haven't wanted to stop, right? Yeah, I've just people keep seeming to tune in for some strange reason. I, I, I just it it I actually honestly baffles me. Yeah, no kidding, man. Um, you know, if you wrote down the pair of us on paper and then said, "Right, this is going to be what somebody is going to want to listen to each week," and be like, "Really? How sad is your life?" <laughs> it looks like we have some questions coming in. Uh, okay, let's see. We've got questions coming in the live feed. Uh, we also had, uh, before the show, we spoke with Richard Foster. I'm hoping he's available next week. He's the owner of Strom Supplements. I want to have him on as my personal guest, Dave. My friend, Richard Foster. Is that okay by you? Listen, I don't care. I don't care if you want him or not. We're going to have Richard, if he's available. I'll put up with him, I suppose. Listen, we appreciate all your comments, guys. Like I said, we'll get to these questions now. I want to listen to Dave say some stuff about some stuff. Uh, if you have questions, post them up. We'll cover them on the next show. Quick question. Can someone maintain supraphysiological muscular physique with TRT, 200 milligrams? What do you think, Dave? Okay. Um I think the terminology super physiological muscular physique is is probably a bit off. What do you mean? Um, I think the limiting factor to... So, mus, maintaining muscle mass post-cycle is effectively what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, though in this case, in a, a more elongated form, because we're talking about maintaining a certain level of anabolics, which will be above range in this case, 200 milligrams. Um, So if the muscle was built right in the sense that it was built predominantly from training and diet and the anabolics added the extra edge, so to speak. So the core foundations are correct. Then to an extent, you will hold a decent level of muscle mass, particularly in body parts that you are still, active in um so i mean i'm gonna use myself as an example here actually okay so i've been trt now five years maybe even longer yeah and that's a regular trt so that is keeping it within range i haven't trained with any real enthusiasm for over two years and even now i'm only pissing about a bit now and again 
Well, I heard something pop when you did that, Dave. Did you hear that? Lost me over. Yeah. I think something so, just broke on Dave, guys. There's an element there's an element of muscle mass retention there. How how big is that gun? How big's that python, Dave? I have no idea. I don't measure them. I've no interest. Um Fair enough. But my my point is that if you've not gone massively beyond your genetic potential, yeah, yeah. Then the maintenance of muscle mass, if you maintain the training, you maintain the calories, you maintain the diet, to some extent you're going to retain a reasonable amount of muscle mass. The longer you go post-usage, the more you're going to start to drop a little bit of tissue. I can see that. Uh, but you're not necessarily going to drop loads. And most people, if they've built it on a solid foundation of our training, will comfortably maintain their mass three, six months. Uh, when you start going beyond that period of time, you'll probably find certain body parts, particularly those that were problematic to develop in the first place, yeah. you will start to see a little bit of loss. Um, but if you maintain hard, effective training with a good quality diet, there, there's a surprisingly large amount of retention can be achieved. Yeah. If you are a mass monster walking around, at, you know, 130, 120 kilos or 280 pounds, then, yeah, you're probably going to drop some size. So it all depends on how far you are forward at the start point as to how much potential mass you can lose. Um, I mean, if you want a real world example, watch Jordan Peters because Jordan's just announced that he's not going to go above 250 milligrams or 500 milligrams a week. I'm not quite sure which one it was. That's right. Um, so now Jordan's got a real solid pedigree when it comes to his training. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Take, take, take Jordan's drug use out of the window completely. Don't just ignore that for now. Jordan's training is intense. It's correct. It's technical. You know, there's, you can't criticize his dedication to his training. You can't criticize his dedication to his diet. Yeah. So he would be the ultimate example of, of how well you can retain mass because as long as his head doesn't fall apart, which is a strong possibility it could do, um, he should, in theory, I, he's not going to retain the level of mass he currently has, but I, I don't think he particularly wants to. I think he wants to downsize to some degree anyway which is part of what he's doing because it's not only his drug use that's impacting his health it's his size that's impacting his health as well sure um but you will i i think you can maintain quite reasonable levels as long as you keep those factors in control and those factors were primary in your development yeah yeah i I guess, yeah, I think, it, you know, it comes down to, like you said, it comes down to a lot of genetic stuff, you know, and it comes yeah, down to like how big were you when you started? How much above your genetic potential are you? I don't think you're going to ever be able to just maintain it. I agree with you that if you got above your genetic potential, which listen, at the end of the day, though, you're going to have to work for a really long time to get there. Uh, and for a lot of us, it's going to take pushing really hard are you going to be able to recover your natural testosterone levels after you pushed as hard as it took to get there um you know what were your natural testosterone levels you know but i guess that affects your i guess that affects what your potential was too if you had is mrs crossland over there kicking stuff around she is what's well, she's looking at me very angrily what is, why is she mad at you what is i mad? don't know I, I, I she's always mad at me i've always done something wrong I usually have done something wrong as well. That's why she's mad. <laughs> when you've finished, can you just show him the big mower? Because I have. Yeah. What do you got? I, I, I mean, nephew's here to cut in the lawns, and I need to show him some stuff. For oh, I thought you were going to show me the big mower. No, I'm not showing you the big mower. I want to see. Guys, We who wants to see the big mower? Comment below. Uh, all right. That sounds like a euphemism. <laughs> I want to see your big mower. <laughs> Scott, off the air. <laughs> but I don't have a big mower. I only have a pity little mower. All right. What do we got here? Um, if somebody wanted to be on gear, if somebody didn't want to be on gear for the rest of their lives, this almost seems like related. Is this the same guy? It's not. If somebody didn't want to be on gear for the same, for the rest of their lives, Diet and training is uh, dialed in. Would a two-week Anivar-only cycle give permanent gains? 
uh, I know it's never recommended to do a cycle without test, uh, but I'm assuming that's for long cycles. There is nothing wrong with Anavar only cycles, for fuck's sake. Will people stop saying you need to run tests with Anavar? Okay. Yes, at an elongated period, you will end up with low estrogen, but for an eight-week cycle, there'll be no problem whatsoever. Right, anyway, back to the question. There's going to be very little gain out of a two-week cycle. Um... And any gain from that cycle, I would suspect, would not be particularly well established. It takes time for your body to accept new tissue as being standard. People have used terms like set point and resetting your set point over the years, and it's really a load of bollocks. But basically what they're saying is that when you change your physique, either leaner, bigger, whatever it may be, it takes a period of time maintaining that level for the body to now start to accept that as your baseline. Yeah. So the longer you maintain a level of muscle mass or the longer you maintain a a, a set condition, the more inclined your body is going to be to want to stay there. Um, So if you diet down, you get lean and you maintain that condition for an extended period of time your body is then going to be more reluctant to gain fat back on again in the same way if you gain a certain level of muscle mass and maintain it for a period of time, your body is going to be less likely to sacrifice that muscle mass more readily. Um, Two weeks is not long enough for that process to occur. Um, So if you were going to go natural, then just stay natural. I don't see any point in running a two-week anavar cycle. I don't see any benefit from it. I don't see any real reason for it. It just seems pointless. Yeah. I mean, um, I basically, I feel like Anavar would take two weeks to actually start getting a solid effect, start getting into a groove with it. And at that point you stop. Yeah. I mean, it's going to have an impact within hours, but yeah. for those processes within your body of, of gaining muscle tissue, repairing muscle tissue, that's going to take longer. Right. Um, and as a result, like you say, I mean, you're going to be seven, ten days in before you start physically seeing any Im- impacts from that drug, particularly. I agree. Uh, from a point of view of shape, um, so it, it just I don't I don't see the logic in in a two week approach to a cycle. Uh, if someone was saying, "What if I just ran one cycle a year?" Then yeah, I, I could see potentially to a point some permanent residual gain from one cycle a year. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but again, that would also depend very much on your level of development and, and how much you gained in that cycle. And going back to uh, like we talked about in the previous question, yeah. how dedicated your training and nutrition is, right? Yeah. Uh, and this isn't a dig at the person that posted the question, but it's... <laughs> Everyone says my training and diet are on point. When's the last time someone said to you, well, my training's shit and my diet's garbage, but fuck it, I'm taking gear anyway. If they say Um, that, it's really bad. People who say that, um, it's really bad. You know, very rare does anyone feel that their training and diet is not on point. And I'm not saying for one instant that this gentleman's isn't, Yeah, but I would use a third party to make that assessment rather than assess it yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I I totally agree with that. And I think I'm with you, man. Two weeks on, two weeks off does not make sense to me. If you were going to do it, give it a solid eight, recover, go on with your life, do everything you can in your power to hold on to that progress. It's going to be minimal, but it's probably going to be more than you would have made uh, regardless without it, right? Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. You can definitely you can definitely make some progress with that. How is your scooter going, by the way? I had been wanting to ask you that, you, uh, your new scooter. You well, as it happens, Mr. Nobed Froster is collecting it for me on Thursday and bringing it up to me. Oh, no kidding. Is he going to drive it up yeah. to you? No, he's putting it in the back of his big new spanking van. Oh, I thought he would drive it up to you and then you'd double him home. No. Oh. He lives two and a half hours from me. When's he coming over? Can we do the show while he's there? Thursday. Um, this Thursday? 
Yeah, I'll see you the day after tomorrow. I'm recording with Scott Stevenson tomorrow, or Thursday. Yeah, no, he's coming over Thursday. I think nice. he's coming over Thursday. Nice. Well, if he's coming over tomorrow, I'm not here. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're teaching tomorrow, right? <laughs> yeah, the wife's here, but I'm not. Yeah, fucking South End. Jesus Christ, couldn't get any further away from me if you tried. South End of what, London? South End's on sea, which is basically the South End of England, yes. Oh, no kidding. So yeah. if you're near Manchester area, right? Mm-hmm. How long does it take to drive to the South End? Just over four hours if there's no traffic. Okay. Huh. And that's like kind of like every road is a side street in England, right? Like you don't have uh, like the freeway like we do. We don't have roads, Scott. You guys, I mean, okay. I know you're joking. There's dirt tracks. There's dirt tracks. Well, there is a couple of Roman roads, uh, which are cobbles that still we still use, but mainly it's dirt tracks yeah. um, or just fields. So we don't actually have roads. It works better when we make fun of each other than when you – if I were to say that, it would be funny, Dave. Just – I'm just taking the wind out of your sails. <laughs> you sure did. <laughs> All right, I'll see what else Yes, of here. course we have freeways, you inbred yank. <laughs> I thought you told me you didn't. I thought you told me that no. you guys only had side streets or something. We we have what our freeways are called motorways. Motorways. Why are they called a freeway anyway? What a stupid name is that? Do I sound English when I say motorway? No, you sound <laughs> slightly <laughs> manic. Um I why do they call them freeways? You're free to go fast, I guess. Do you, do you have a charge way? Yeah, actually, they do. The toll roads. Oh, toll. Yeah. Do you actually have toll roads in America? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you guys have toll roads? We have we have one, and then we have a couple of toll bridges. But, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we get those, too. There's a section of the M6 that runs around Birmingham area that's a, a, a toll road. But generally, our roads are all free. Yeah, the majority of so, ours are, too. So I don't understand this freeway term. It, it seems yeah, illogical. Question: If you know why they're called freeways, comment below. How's that sound? See, uh, motorway sort of gives you. Well, yeah, it's, it's from high-speed motor vehicles, so it sort of has a bit of logic. But, but a freeway? Yeah, I don't know, man. Let's see here. We do have expressways. That's the same thing, and that makes sense. What? No, yeah, no, an expressway makes sense because it's a fast motorway, a fast road section. That definitely makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Um, what's the difference between an expressway and a freeway then? Oh, I think it's the same thing. I really. So why yeah. does it have two different names? I don't know. I really don't know, man. I, there's a lot of stuff I can't figure out in life, and that's going to be added to the list. <laughs> that's, that's just whether you put your underpants on your balls or on your head, that one. <laughs> So uh, Dan had asked us uh, if I was going to do an update on my gym. Actually, Dave, I shot a video. I wanted to show it to you because you can see this too. Uh, I'm going to throw it up here. It's like a one-minute little mini tour I shot on my phone this morning. Let's see if I can turn the volume down on it. Check that out. This is my gym. And there's my dumbbells. That's the heavy dumbbells. Those are 150s. Uh, 125s and then 115s and then down. So do you, do you use them other to dumbbells? The, do you use them to prop the door open then? Ha ha ha! There's my transformer bar on the rack, just for looks. Well for done, now. well done, Walter. Uh, and that's my other bar, the Cadillac bar, the bench bar in the back corner there. Uh, this is a uh, an older uh, F Lite chest press. I really like the way it feels. A converging chest press. There's my old leg extension, uh, Nautilus leg press next to that. It's a good, it's a good leg extension. There's the Nautilus leg press. That thing was a bitch getting in the basement, as you can imagine. Uh, <laughs> leg curl, my pull down, and then after that, I got my uh, my new uh, what do you call it treadmill. Well, there. go back to the pull down, Scott. Yeah, let's see. Um, I don't know if I can. Oh wait, I can rewind it. Hold on. There you go. You What's that piddly of, little bit of weight at the bottom? You see the amount there? So oh, that yeah. is, that that is 10 kilo? three 10-pound plates. Uh, and that's what I started with. I actually did uh, three sets of That's your bells. heaviest set. Don't ever. even go there. That's my heaviest yes. set ever. I that's, ended up, as bad as, 
as I bad ended, as your 215 pound squats. I ended up warming up on that and then I dropped a quarter on it and I did three sets of about 10 to 12 reps uh, and every muscle in my body was shaking. <laughs> it was bad. And then two days later, I did three sets of bench press with the Cadillac bar over in, over in the rack. And I did that with one plate on each side. So, yeah, that that was that. Let's see if I can get rid of this thing. I think we go back to boom. Look at that. How would you like that professionalism? That's not a word that sits well with us. No, you don't usually see those two things combined. You That's you good. very rarely see the word professionalism and drugs and stuff in the same sentence. All right. We've got a few questions in the feed. We'll pull a few questions. We, it looks like we've got another one here. Um, oh, we kind of answered that one. Scott, how's Victoria? Uh, she's so smart, and you should have her on regarding anabolics. Well, we heard from her today. She's working on her PhD. Uh, so we'd love to have her back when she has the time. Uh, let's see. Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for watching another podcast here at Think Big Bodybuilding Media. And thank you to our great sponsor, TrueNutrition.com, for making this all possible. TrueNutrition.com is owned by Dante Trudell, the creator of DC Training. He wanted to create a supplement company that offered high-quality third-party tested supplements at a fair price. High-quality protein powders, just about every type you could think of. Huge variety of flavors, plus health and performance supplements. Check them out, TrueNutrition.com. And hey, if you use our code ADVICES, you directly support our podcasting. Thanks, guys. Let's get back to the program. Possible question for David Stanley and the Christmas Cabbage. I freaking love that. Uh, A-bombs. I've been toying with stretching them over a longer cycle. My thoughts were two weeks on two weeks off. What is it with these people in these two week orals? I don't know. 50 milligrams per day or just use them on training days. Uh, so four days a week. Um, what do you think would be the benefit on liver enzymes or growth uh, as opposed to just shoving them all in at the end? Um. You reduce the amount of any drug you take, you're going to reduce its impact or its negative impacts, obviously. So by doing it at a shorter period of time or at a lower dose or intermittently, yes, you are going to reduce the toxicity and stress on the liver. Um, I don't think personally that for, for the normal, healthy, livered individual, the stress from A bombs, oxys, nap fifties, naplons, whatever don't, you want to call them. Don't roll your eyes at, at us. Um, um over exaggerated for most people. I I'm not for one second saying that they don't stress the liver because they do, all oral steroids do, but but I, I do think that that's been a little bit folklored over time. Um I like them at the end because then you have a period of nothing afterwards. Um, I also like them at the end because they're then topping up your peak levels of hormones, where if you have them in at the beginning, your level hormones haven't peaked and they're not particularly adding to that overall compound dosing. Uh, But I have, and and yes, more than viable to just use on training days, I would be more probably inclined to do that approach than I would to do the two-week, two-one-off approach. Okay. Yeah, I would. I uh, would, too. I, what do you think, though, theoretically, of two weeks of Anadrol, just out of curiosity? It's not what I would lean to, either. It's not what I would lean to. I think you will get a response from that. I, I think you would probably see some improvement, and you would see particularly performance-based improvement rather than potentially size. Yeah. Uh, but the danger is having never done it and having never known anyone that's actually done it, I don't know if you'd get too much of a drop-off of performance post two weeks to make any accumulative effect of what you would find from the two weeks you were on. So if you're going two weeks, you increase strength, and then you manage to maintain that strength until your next two-week period, then I don't – though odd and – potentially very unnecessary, I don't actually see a negative to that approach. Yeah. 
but if you're doing two weeks, gaining some strength, and then that strength is dissipating over the following two weeks, then all you're going to do is keep putting yourself back where you were. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, in this scenario, we have a baseline of, of, of anabolics underneath the oxy, which will be maintaining progress to some extent. So, you know, it's potentially viable. I don't think it's necessary, but at the same time, I don't think you're going to create any particular problems by doing it. Okay, okay. I'll see what we've got here on the live feed. Because like I said, oh, Katie has a question. Let's see if I can. Oh, shit. Oh, where's that at? For some reason, I can't add Katie's question to me if I double click it. For some reason, I can add some of these to the feed. Others, I cannot. Apparently, I cannot add this to the feed. Uh, could be because she's commenting off of my page. I don't know. We're launching the live feed off of my page today. But anyway, uh, she says, would like to have uh, both your opinion, both of your opinion on the safest and best way to use HGH long term, once or twice a day, seven days a week. How many I use? Uh, five feet, 11, 185 pounds, lean. Uh, 84, or excuse me, 48 years old. Sorry, Katie, not 84, 48. Whoo, big difference. <laughs> She's got a lot of muscle on her, first of all. You know what I'm saying? She's What's she looking for would be my question. What, what, what's she trying to gain from the, the growth use? That's a good question. Um, let's, let's make some assumptions here. Cause we're good at that. <laughs> <laughs> let's say she's looking to uh, rejuvenation purposes, general health. Uh, Are we assuming she's 84 then? <laughs> <laughs> it was either 48 or 84. I'm not sure, but she's jacked. She'd be like the most jacked 84 year old there ever was. Oh, why not? If you can. No, go on. You go first, then. I would say, um, you know, replacement dose. Uh, you know, I, I can tell you that a lot of the rejuvenation people that I've talked to, uh, they're doing a couple units a day, uh, first thing in the morning. I know that some have done it at nighttime. I, I can tell you that um, in the world of bodybuilding, it, I don't think it matters time of day so much. Uh, I think that as long as you just take it, you take it, you don't, cause she said like, should you split it up multiple times a day, that type of thing. Um, but I would say I would start with around two units of a good high quality growth hormone, take it from there, see how things go. Uh, you know, you see how you respond too. if you're starting getting water retention, uh, carpal tunnel, stuff like that, and back it down to one and, you know, see how that feels. You could even start at one. I've, I've talked to females, uh, you know, worked with females that have just run one unit, and they found, uh, they found an impact in that, uh, helping their recovery uh, and, and, you know, helping their pumps in the gym, all that kind of stuff. So I don't know. That's, that's my thoughts, at least, Dave. Kind of a little bit on the more rejuvenation side, I think. ED or EOD? I'd say with a couple units, I'd go every day. If you started having, you know, blood work issues, then you could consider going, you know, like your blood sugar started getting you know, higher then you could consider every other day. But my thought is, is that with the way I've seen it, uh, the way it's prescribed, that uh, people are, you know, the vast majority of people using growth are probably prescribed it in the U.S. They're taking it every day for rejuvenation purposes generally. And they're not having issues with it, you know, blood sugar wise. I think when you get into higher doses, blood sugar could become a problem. Yeah, if it's low dose, I, I don't see an issue against ED. If it's higher dose, EOD. Um, mm-hmm. But that would a lot depend on what she's trying to get out of it. Yeah. So if she's wanting a, for want of a better term, a slow burn when it came to rejuvenation, then I would be sitting with you with sort of 2IU. Um if she's looking for more of a, a immediate, stronger fat burning effect, I'd probably look at a slightly higher dose, but EOD. Okay. Yeah. I'll go with that. Um, but, but that would be where I would sit with it. So, yeah, pretty much the same. Shannon asks us, and I can add this because I think this one's from the group. Uh, this is a male, too. So he's asking maybe for females or just wants to know. Females using SEOs 
for glute development. Dude, I've seen people from foreign countries like Mexico, possibly even in the U.S., people getting like really nasty injections of like literal silicone. Uh, I have terrible infections. I've seen it from a point of view of oil to increase butt size as in just an overall mass thing. Yeah. Um, I've not seen SEOs used in the glute for a competitive mass gain element. Okay. So I've only seen oils used from a, the big booty brigade, so to speak, you know, because I just want to have a big luscious boot. Yeah. Um, like mine. But I've not seen it used competitively for glute enhancement from a competition point of view. But that's not to say it doesn't happen. I just I, I've not I'm not aware of it. Yeah. But then I am old and a bit decrepit and a bit behind the times these days. So uh, maybe I'm just not down with the kids anymore. Yeah, man. I mean, I've heard horror stories of because because there are there are injections that people will do. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. Definitely. And, um, and beyond SEO, beyond like our traditional bodybuilding site enhancement oils, I've heard horror stories. Like there was one lady who was arrested. Uh, this woman's butt basically fell off. Uh, and the woman that she got it from had uh, like like literally the industrial uh, gallons of uh, silicone at her house. She was injecting literal like industrial silicone into this woman's butt. It's I've heard of stuff like crude oil type junk and like really nasty stuff. Motor oil. I mean, you know, stuff like that. MCT oil. Yeah. Yeah. MCT oil um, is a common one, but I mean, silicon is, is poisonous. No kidding, man. Which is why there's a big issue about silicon implants bursting because it can cause all sorts of blood poison problems. Mm. Oh, uh, it looks like, Maybe I can add these. Yeah, I can add those to broadcast still. Sorry, Katie, I didn't get to add yours. Um, Dave mentioned IP6 being hard to dial in. Can he go more into that? Well, it's quite simple. If you get the dose too high, you'll go anemic. It will lower your blood iron levels particularly low, causing anemia. Um, And it's difficult to get the dose balance right. Um, because you are going to have to increase the dose when on cycle as opposed to reduce the dose when cruising or off cycle. And as a result, it makes it a little bit fiddly and difficult to do. Hmm. I've not seen anyone running IP6 that hasn't had an issue with anemia at some point. With my phlebotomy, um, my ferritin level was getting pretty low. Hmm. Uh, it, it was in the low range, actually. Uh and I uh, I asked my doctor about it last time I saw him. And it was interesting, his explanation. I just thought I'd share it because I, I didn't know this. I didn't understand this. Uh, he told me that ferritin uh, signals your bone marrow to produce red blood cells. So mm-hmm. one of the benefits of having gotten my iron level down was that it would not signal uh, the, the, uh, the, it would not, it, it basically broke the cycle. Um, yeah, it's, it's self perpetuated, self perpetuated. Yeah, I can't even say that word. Right. word I'm not even going to Thank try. you. You know the word on my, yeah. Um, on the decks today. Um, so it's very similar actually to free test and SHBG in the fact that. As free test elevates, SHBG lowers when you would actually expect it to be the opposite. You'd expect high free test to drive SHBG up. It drives it down. Yeah. And it's very similar with this, whereas you drive ferritin down, you drive red blood cell production down. You wouldn't expect red blood cell production elevation to be driven higher from high ferritin, but the two sort of do that and continue to escalate each other. And like you say, you need to break the cycle by bringing one of them down. Um, but yeah, ferritin, um, can trigger an increase in RBC and hemoglobin as well. And at the same time, you don't want to leave it too low for too long. My doctor had said too. So once again, you got to strike that balance. You got to, I guess, keep your eye on it. Really. You don't want to just continue taking IP six without evaluating either. You know, if you're going to run IP six, you're going to need to check your iron and ferritin levels. Uh, there's just no two ways about it. You will need to monitor them. Um, and it is a little bit of a tricky balance. 
And the way um, when I spoke about this, uh, I made a post and Dante Trudell had chimed in and gave us some all some really good insight into it. Uh, he had said that it's good for dropping a few points for somebody that's on TRT and is in an elevated range. Uh, it's not going to necessarily be the be all end all for somebody that's, you know, running a ton of gear. No, I found it the opposite. I found it quite sledger hammerish in its effect. Really? No kidding. Yeah, yeah. I've I've found it, it particularly efficient, uh, but overly efficient, to be honest. I, I haven't seen it uh, be that strong. Huh. Uh, but it, it, I mean it may be dose related as well. I don't know how mm. I, I, I don't know how factoring dosing plays. You know, some products you overdose and they, they are equally as progressive in their effect and other products you overdose and they become less progressive in their effect. So uh, I'm not sure how dose related it is, but yeah, I've, I've particularly with some of the, the higher end people we work with, um, higher end usage and higher end level development they we've, we've had to keep an eye on their, their iron and ferritin. Okay. Um, I'm talking about hematocrit of- though. You've seen hematocrit get hammered. Oh, um, I, I was I, talking about overall. I, I should have. I, I was speaking just overall that okay, Dante well, had said I, not that Ferritin would only drop a couple points, but that it was good. I was going back to the start, saying um, I, I, I know of of a of a user who's a five gram plus user. Okay, uh, who hemo is not got above one fifty. Um, and who had her hematocrit is low end of range as well because okay. of IP6. Okay. So he's keeping it well down, but they were well above range before they implemented IP6. No kidding. Well, good for him then. Mm. Well, I, I don't know his dosing at the moment, so I need to check his dosing. Did you see this question from uh, Joe Gardner? You mean that, Mike? <laughs> I have no mic? idea what you're talking about. I, I never stole the mic. Is that the mic Dave stole? Uh, all right, here's another one. That That's slanderous. I didn't steal anything. They failed to collect it. Ooh. Let's not talk about that because I like the way you sound right now. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to lose this. It's a good mic. <laughs> Could black pepper extract increase liver toxicity with oral steroids? Uh, could it do so to a significant extent? I'm going to go ahead and say no right now. What do you think? I agree because okay. the liver toxicity is due to first pass, not due to the, if- well, uh, uh, would it allow, would it allow more? I don't know. I don't know then, but I'm going to say no. The, the idea is that it increases absorption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if it increases absorption, then technically, I suppose you would have more anabolic in your bloodstream. Therefore, more of the oral is going to go through first pass. Therefore, it would potentially slightly increase the stress on the liver because it's dealing with more compound. Yeah, I wonder. But I wonder I, how. I would love to see how much more gear absorbed uh, using it with gear. I'd be curious just to see that. You know, uh, but as Anabolics are fat soluble. Oh. I can't see that being a huge impact on gear absorption because really what is the issue with gear absorption is the amount of non-dietary fat you have in your system at the time. Yeah. That's probably got a bigger impact on the level of gear that you absorb rather than than whether you're on black pepper. So if you want to increase oral absorption use injectable versions. Um, but no, if you want to increase oral absorption, then you would want to take orals with a healthy fat, uh, a positive dietary fat that's going to absorb into your system. That makes sense. Um, oh, Andrew Gibson says, hi guys from a fellow Northern. He must be by you. Yeah. We should have a meetup at Dave's house soon. All of us. What do you think well, you that? keep threatening to come over and you never turn up. Uh, I don't think I'm allowed in your country right now. I don't think you're allowed. Nobody's allowed out either, are you? Well, that's 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 to do with the court order. That's got nothing to do with travel. So let's not start going there. <laughs> oh, that's right. So that's all the we got, judge guys. ruled you weren't allowed out of the country. 
that's all we got, guys. Now we're Dave and I are going to hang out and shoot the shit for the next uh, two hours. Sound good? Oh, wait. I'm desperate for a piss. All right. Well, then I guess we got to go. I hope you guys enjoyed the new RSS feed. If you're watching us or if, excuse me, you're listening to us. If you're hearing us on audio podcast, that means you found us, right? Yes. All right. We'll I, think I'm gonna start, I, I think I'm going to start an IG account for Christmas cabbage. Yeah? Mm, thinking about it. You're not going to keep up with it if you do that. You realize that, right? I know. That's what keeps stopping me from doing it is I last about two weeks and then it'll be done. You're going to go in hard. You're going to get like 150 of your friends to follow it. You're going to post for like three days. Then you're going to forget. Then you're going to feel bad and you're going to do another post and be like, I'm going to get back on it. And that's going to be your fourth and final post Four pictures on the Christmas cabbage page page. Do you really want that to happen, Dave? Come on. You, you know me too well, Scott. No, Thank I'm, you. You've just convinced me not to do it. <laughs> that's I'm telling you what I would do. That's <laughs> Yeah, no, you're right. It, that is it pretty much textbook what will happen. There's no denying it. Yeah, yeah. I might last two weeks, but the essence is the same. I mean, I started doing the uh, live Q&As on a Thursday. Oh, cool. We built quite – we were getting nice numbers. We were getting like 60, 70, you know, even 80 viewers at times. I've been on it before. And then I could I watched it. I couldn't – I couldn't do it for a couple of weeks and I came back to sort of 20 to 50 follow. And then I've just, I haven't had the fucking time. And the problem is if I don't oh. keep up with it, I don't keep the numbers and it becomes pointless. Mm. Um, but yeah, I am terrible for good ideas and not continuing with them. Well, listen, I, well, you try to do a lot too. So that's the other thing people try Ooh. to. Re- yeah. Dave, Dave, Dave Crossland question. Thanks, sir. Cheers, sir. Uh, Eval, um, using this opportunity to pump my own shit. Of course. Um, we Eval, as of three days' time, will be able to provide echocardiograms. You're kidding me. No. At a cost of 250 squidlies. Okay, okay. Nice. That's so all off the books. We've- Right. We've hooked that- up. Yeah, no, it's all it's all off the books. We've hooked up with a company that have, unfortunately, their clinics are more southern based. Yeah, um, which isn't ideal. I appreciate that, but beggars can't be choosers. But they have, I think, roughly about six sites in the Greater London area, and then about another twelve sites in the southern England area, going up to sort of midlands region okay okay um and then eval also now has a phlebotomy service based in devises that's not a real place is, first of all it is a real place it's down shakespeare country sort of area it's it's gloucestershire actually i think it is but it's very close to wiltshire shakespeare um, wrote a book first of all he how wrote you, several books yeah how, how do you spell that name of that city D E V I Z E S Devizes. It's a town. It's not. It's not a huge urban spreading metropolis. Um, but yes, we we've we've taken. We have a, a, a paramedic who is uh, setting up a, a. It's not really a clinic or a treatment room, but basically she has a um, an area that she's willing or that she's able to provide our services from. That's cool, man. So. Um, it means that people can still get the blood tested if they're more southern than having to travel all the way up north to do it with us, which obviously people don't do because it's too fucking far. Are northern people in England better than southern people in England? Oh, without doubt, mate. Honestly, yeah. It's in the same way as English people are better than Americans. It's just... oh, whoa, now. You just offended 45%. So- of our YouTube you, following. You, you have Northerners in England, which are much better than Southerners. Yes. And then you have Scottish people, which are better than Southerners, but not as good as Northerners. <laughs> Where and then the obviously Irish... you have English people that are better than Americans. Where's the Irish? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't mind Irish, actually, but I don't know where I'd fit them in my... Probably I'd fit them with the Scots, because that's basically what they are. Uh. The Scottish or Irish that sailed across the sea and settled. Um, and then, obviously, we're all better than... Uh, England as a whole is better than Americans, and then Americans Ooh. are better than the French. 
Um, Where does Canada fit? And that's how it goes. Well, they're just ice cube farmers. I feel like you guys would put Canada above the U.S. Uh, Definitely. Just, you know. Definitely. <laughs> All right. We'll get out of here. And listen, if you get back to your uh, Q&A, if you want to recommit to that, we should tell our listeners here so that they can go to your Instagram and that they can follow along over there. If you want to get more Dave Crossland Q&A, you can do it there. It's I, I might. Funny, because, uh, you know, or is good without me, but. I. I'm, I don't I feel left out. Maybe once. A, well, don't join me then. I don't. I don't feel. Anyway, you do a Q and A without me. So sod off. It's different. It's different. Oh yeah, it's different because it's you. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. Right. That was a good answer. It's like a, it's like having a conversation with a wife. I'm glad to catch up <laughs> with you, man. Now that I'm feeling better, I'm I'm glad to be back. Uh, still not training, like I said, but I'm glad to be back, man. And I, I have fun with this. So I'm glad we can connect all the way around the globe where it's five hours difference. It's quite mad, isn't it? When you think about it, that you're sat over there in, in America and I'm over here in the land that God created. And, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're connected by some weird wizardry shit flying through the air. All right. That's about it. That was a, also a very good technical explanation of what we're doing here. I, I am excellent at technical know-how. All right. Not. We'll wrap it up now that your picture's gotten super clean. Now that it's yeah. perfect. <laughs> it always this happens moment. at the end of the show, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. For another episode with Drugs and Stuff and Dave Crossland, I'm Scott McNally. Check out Eval if you are in God's country. Uh, of course, uh, go to crosslands.org.uk. Check out our awesome sponsor, truenutrition.com. Use our code advices to get some savings on the products. Plus, it'll support the programming. Patreon, subscribe, like, comment. I just told people to do like a dozen things. If you guys pick one of those things and do them, we thank you for it. Or if you don't, we still appreciate having you here. Um, we still love you. And thanks for uh, checking out the new RSS feed for Think Big Bodybuilding Media. Dave, as always, it has been a pleasure, my friend. As always, take care. Cheerio.